Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Bless the name of the Lord. Somebody lift up your hands to the Holy Spirit of the living God. Somebody say, Holy Spirit of the living God. I'm available. I am nothing without you. Our gathering means nothing without you. Spirit of the living God, help me to receive from God. Holy Spirit of the living God, have your way in this gathering spirit of the living god do not permit me to remain the same to leave this service the same in the name of jesus christ i refuse to remain the same in the name of jesus christ spirit of revelation understanding in the knowledge of god flood my spirit Open my eyes of understanding today in the name of Jesus. Let Christ be revealed to me in a new way in the name of Jesus. Somebody said amen. You may sit in Jesus' mighty precious name. I want to glorify God, to honor him for what he is doing and what he's about to do in our lives in Jesus name I want to honor the mother and the father of the house can we honor them in Jesus name <laughs> praise the name of the Lord the best gift that God gives to any local congregation is a pastor praise the name of the Lord Apostle Joyce we honor you and we celebrate the grace of God upon you. We thank God for all of you, the ministers. Can we celebrate if we are celebrating? In the name of the Lord be praised. Those of you that are joining us live online, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle. Praise the name of the Lord. And uh, if you haven't invited your neighbor, go on ahead and invite them. Share that link. Most of you have seen it already on my Facebook. Share it and invite someone else in Jesus' mighty precious name. And God is going to do them wonderful. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, I know there's a tradition that normally people follow when they're invited. Husbands have to talk about their wives. Uh, my wife is here. My, but I believe I am not here <laughs> to introduce my wife. Praise the name of the Lord. But she's looking amazing, isn't it? Uh, now, you know what jealousy is? 
Tell your friend, jealousy is nothing else but misplaced admiration. Yeah. So if you're not celebrating, then you are denying the anointing to flow your way. <laughs> okay, I want us to get ready to get into the word of God. I'm excited to serve. Somebody say amen. When God wants to do something, he raises a man or woman. Praise the name of the Lord. And most of us, what we call a vision, what we call a revelation is the need in the heart of God. Tell your friend or neighbor that what you call a revelation or a vision is actually a need in the heart of God. God has needs. Not only you have needs. You see, God has bound himself to his word. And I'm beginning because I want you to understand how important you are to whatever it is that God is doing and wants to do in the earth realm. Although God is so powerful, there are certain things God will not do without you. Because he has bound himself to his word. He has bound himself. So that's why he needs you. And there are certain things in as much as you look out and around the world and you say, why is this and that note in place? Why is God not doing this? Because God has bound himself to his word and he has given that assignment to you. So to co-work with you. How many of us know the scripture in Psalms 127 where it says that unless the Lord builds a house... They that labor to build, labor in vain. But have you ever seen God descend from heaven literally and start building a house? God builds through men. Somebody say amen. So there's a way he builds. He builds through you and I. So there are certain things that will never be built until you comply. You and I comply. There are certain places that will never change until you show up. There are certain people that will never smile be until you show up. There are people that will never be healed until you show up. Now for me as I stand on this pulpit in all humility, let me submit to you. There are certain people who would have been dead right now, buried six feet in the ground if I had not shown up in Kenya. There are those, even in England, there are those that are called from the coma. I remember it was 2006 if I'm not mistaken, my father-in-law the father to my wife. He was admitted here in Queen Elizabeth, all wired up with heart issues. And I had to call him back to life. Actually, when he was in the hospital, he was seeing these in his vision as after he came back, he said, when I was praying for him, he, saw, he was hearing this song of Judith Babidi. And he was singing this darkish um, kind of uh, 
creatures, forms that were dragging them away. There are certain people that will never leave until you show up. You listening to me. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you are important to God. I said you are important to God. I did not, you see, you are important, but you're not needed. Now that sounds like a paradox. You are important, but you're not needed. What does that mean? You are replaceable. That's what scares me as I serve God. I am important but not needed. God can replace you any minute. And that's what humbles me. That's what causes me to keep seeking God. That's what causes me to serve him trembling. Because most of us think you are important and needed. No, you are important. Tell your neighbor you're important. But you're not needed. The moment prophet Elijah thought he was needed. Now I'm not preaching. I'm just preparing you. Somebody say amen. The, he, I mean, he had called fire. He had done a lot of things. And they came to a time and they thought, Lord, all your prophets are dead. I'm the only one remaining. God told, that's the moment God told him, <clears throat> prepare yourself, fill your, oil with, your, your horn with oil. Let's go. And they sent him. God to humble him. Even he had to ask him to anoint someone who is not even in the lineage of the the prophetic not even from the family of the prophetic uh, a man uh, a farmer god chose a farmer what he overlooked the school of prophets the sons of prophets who everybody thought they were the people that god was looking for he over he bypassed them and he went to a farmer and they told him drop your mantle on him The moment Saul thought he was irreplaceable. God keeps warning him. He tells him, go, go do this. He doesn't do it now. Kill. Even God is giving him another chance. Go kill these um, Amalekites. And he spares, kill everything. He leaves some things. And God told him, I have found a man after my own heart. My spiritual father normally says, the substitute is all the substitutes normally do a quicker and better work. You know, Jesus is the substitute of Adam. And what Adam could not fulfill, Jesus fulfilled it in three years and a half. And he went back in glory. Substitutes are dangerous. Somebody say, I hear you. So May you and I not be substitutes. Somebody say, I'm important, but I'm not needed. You know that aspect humbles you. Somebody say, amen. Have you ever, have you ever, you see, I've grown up in church and I've been serving all my, uh, I mean, since I was 16. And I've heard people uh, say things like this. <laughs> I will not do it. Let me see what will happen to that church. Have you had, have you heard the devil lie like that to people? Let me see what will become of that ministry if I don't play my part. <laughs> God will send another substitute for you. Most people don't realize Judas was a replacement. Judah was replaced by um, 
um, what's this guy, Levi? Are you with me? Hey, Judas was replaced. He walked with Jesus. He saw Jesus walking on water. He saw Jesus raising the dead. He saw Jesus cleansing the lepers. He saw, are you hearing what I'm saying? He saw Jesus multiply bread and feed thousands, but Judas never made it. He came so close but never near. And he lost it. He was replaced. So it's such things that bring me in balance when I think about ministry and serving God. So child of God, never allow the devil to make you think that you are needed. Are you hearing me? If you want to give, God will send someone, even online, when you, whom you don't know, and will meet all the needs of the church. There are those who say, let me not, I will withhold my, my giving. Let me see what will happen. The work is of God. It's not of man. Actually, it's a privilege for us to contribute, to participate. Praise the name of Jesus. Are people still present here? I don't know if I'm insulting you. You're too quiet. You see the difference. There's a difference between a mortuary and a labor ward. Now you have come to a labor ward. And uh, there is, of course, in the labor ward, there is noise, isn't it? So stay alive in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Today... I was only preparing you to hear the word of the Lord and I'm going to be quick and I want you and I believe God is going to do stuff here in Jesus name. Even those of you online the pew in Jesus name. Somebody say amen. Amen means let it be so. You see I was blessed by my brother Ronnie and I want to build on father on the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. There are some things most people don't know or children of God don't understand. That's why they will not experience or they may not experience God because they lack certain aspects, certain aspect of understanding or revelation about what they are doing or about their response to the word of God. Now, after God has done everything, he awaits for your response. Are you hearing me? Jesus, after he has done whatever he was intended to do, whatever he did, he waits for your response. Are you hearing me? So most people say they are people of faith. Are you hearing me? But faith is nothing else but a human response to the word of God. Not a reaction to the circumstances, but a human response is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Tell your neighbor, faith is nothing else but the response of the human spirit to the word of God. Are you hearing me? You don't react to your circumstances. You respond. You rise above your circumstances and you respond out of your spirit to the promise, to the word of God. And as you respond to the word of God, regardless of what you're feeling in your body, that's what alters what you feel in your body. Do you understand what I'm saying? But because let me tell you something, you need to understand that whatever you give your concentration is what magnifies. 
If you concentrate on your circumstances, they magnify and God diminishes. Now, if you give concentration to the word of God who is God, he is magnified. He's magnified and your circumstance diminishes. Your pain diminishes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But every time you keep speaking about your problem, your problem, then your God diminishes. Not that he loses power, he diminishes. You render him of non-effect. You render the word of God to be of non-effect. You make it useless or powerless. Not that it is powerless. So therefore, when you come to service, you must learn how to receive from God. You see a lot of God's children pray, but they don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive. So the word receive, it means to authorize. Somebody say authorize. So when you hear the preacher say a certain word and you say, Lord, I receive, you're saying, Lord, I authorize you to alter whatever needs to be altered in my life. The word amen, let it be so. You are saying, let it be unto me according to that which I have heard. In other words, you authorize God to do. Let me show you how you should learn to respond. I don't care if I don't preach what I had prepared to preach. I follow the spirit. Are you hearing me? Because until we teach you how to respond, we will not see the supernatural. We can't see the power of God. We may pray. We may fast. And we come here jam-packed, ready to download on you. But if there is no recipient, then God is rendered powerless. So I feel we must teach you how to receive from God. If I hear you say amen. Are you hearing me? Have you not realized that uh, after God had sent Jesus, Jesus cannot impart you and impact you until you receive him. Somebody go John 1.12. John 1.12, let's go there quickly. Somebody say, I need to learn how to receive. Even if I only tell you one thing today, you will live here not the same in Jesus' name. Ah, you will get that. I said you live here not the same. When you say amen, you're saying, yes, Lord, let it be unto me according to what he had just said. I will not remain the same. Now, let us read the scripture, all of us. It goes, but as many as received, there is a comma. They want you to rest, to ponder. Praise the name of the Lord. Most of us just go on. We want to finish the sentence. We are not in competition to finish the sentence. Somebody said, but as many as received him. It means that receiving has, no one has monopoly over receiving. And receiving is for all. But as many as receive him. <laughs> Somebody now, you see that word receive is the word we know in Greek as lambano. Can I tell you that the word lambano in Greek means that actually to take or lay hold of even if the circumstances surrounding you are unfavorable to you. You didn't understand. Receiving has nothing to do with how perfect you are. Ah, you didn't understand what I'm saying. Now you don't understand what I'm saying. Let me ask a question. 
the Jesus here, as many as received him, was he given to those that actually who are qualified to receive him? Oh, you didn't understand me. To, and to whom is he, and to whom is God giving this Jesus? To the warped world, to the alienated world, to the wicked world, to the actually rebels. We were rebels. Let's agree. We were rebels. We didn't qualify. Now, he says, but as many as received him. Now, as many as gave him access. Are you hearing me? The word to receive means to authorize, to give access. Are you hearing me? Before we go back to this scripture, thank you very much. My brother James, can you give them the Amplified Classic if you have it? If you don't have it, put Amplified. You will see that that word receive, I want you to follow it. And you will see what it shifts to. Everybody go on. You see, go on. But to as many as did what? And so we are now, now we understand that the word to receive means to do what? To welcome. Are you hearing me? Now, you cannot welcome somebody who is not knocking. So every time somebody knocks on your door, he's seeking for your authorization. So you, when you leave the church and say, I, people say the presence of God was here. Me, I didn't feel anything. Did you, author, did you welcome him? Did you authorize him? You didn't feel it because you were absent-minded. God does not impose himself on a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? While he was speaking to you, you were absent-minded. You gave your attention to other things that mattered to you while he was talking to you. You were wondering for your next shift. While he was talking to you, you were so absorbed in your problem. You were busy meditating on your problem. If you don't believe that your medit- whatever you give your concentration magnifies, look at your problem. Why are you so worried? Why are you so fearful? Why are you full of anxiety? Because anxiety is nothing else but meditation on your problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? What I'm saying to you? He says, <laughs> but, uh, but to as many as did receive and welcome him. What happened? Somebody follow the scripture. We are preaching together. He, he gave the authority, power, He gave the privilege. He gave the right to become children of God. In other words, you can't even, the power to become begins by your human authorization. What does that mean? That transformation does not occur until a man in time authorizes God. It's not magic. He does not force his way onto you. I love you so much and I died on the cross. But you must respond to what I have done. Am I talking to the church? You must respond. It's not magic. Listen, I may call six people on the prayer line. Are you hearing me? And to one person, I may just look in their eyes. Boom, on the floor, they have already received because they are already open. 
to another you pray as if you are pulling a truck. Why? They think, uh, pa Pastor, I'm here. You pray. Let everything happen. You do it. And, and then when they leave, nothing just happened. Nothing even. I didn't feel anything. As if it is just my responsibility and it's not your responsibility. I'm teaching you how to receive from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is that? As many as received and welcomed him. Let me tell you something. Whatever you authorize is what will affect and affect your life. What you haven't authorized cannot affect your life. Let me, let me break it down in usual terms. In life, like my brother Ronnie, Pastor Ronnie preached the other Sunday. Let me say this to you. Um, listen, can I say something to you? The words that people speak, if you do not authorize them, do they affect you? The gossip you do not entertain cannot affect you. It's the one you give attention to that actually affects you. Are you hearing me? And people say, you know, you're ugly. And then you say, and then you say, you see, you, <laughs> you see, when you tell me I'm ugly, I'm about to tell you something. I can never accept that I'm ugly. Now, if you say, if somebody calls you ugly and you said they insulted you, you know what that means? You are only insulted by the insults you already carry within you. To another, you say, oh, he's ugly and I rise above you. I actually, I just laugh at you because I see you as an ignorant person. Me inwardly, listen to the reality that I carry within me. The reality that I carry within me says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you, you are saying I'm ugly. Who is ignorant? I just laugh at your ignorance. I rise above you. You can't affect me unless I permit you. You can't affect me unless I permit you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you have accepted yourself, nobody can reject you. I, I don't think you heard what I said. I said, if you have accepted yourself, nobody can reject you. What do I mean? Because you are only rejected by the rejection you carry within you. Are you hearing me? People reject me everywhere. I go. No, I have accepted myself. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have accepted myself. I am a son of God. I'm a child of God. Are you hearing me? I have accepted myself that I'm seated in heavenly places together with Christ Jesus. I am the demonstration of God's power on planet earth. Here I'm an instrument of Jehovah God, a display of his glory. Now, I have accepted the reality of who he says I am. Now, there is no human opinion that can affect or distort the image that I carry within me if it is already actually defined and shaped. You are only distorted by the distorts you carry within you. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So we are go- we're talking about rece- receiving. Are you hearing me? Somebody said receiving. Now, no matter what God, just listen, no matter how much a, pre- a preacher may scream his lungs out, if you are not ready to receive, he's wasting time. Are you hearing me? You see, reception is actually affected by perception. Hmm? Reception is affected by what? By your perception. You will say, clarify it in scripture. Do you know that Jesus in his own in his own hometown, the Bible says he did a few miracles. Somebody said a few miracles. Actually, a few miracles, I can even tell you the number based on scripture. How many there you are. Because when you, you want to, scripture interprets scripture. When the Bible says a few miracles, we can see, and a few people were saved. A few people, there were eight people who were saved from the flood. Eight, Noah, who entered the ark. And a few people, eight of them were saved. So a few, Jesus did a few miracles. There were eight. And he left his hometown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he could not perform miracles in his own town. Why? Because their perception of who he was, was distorted. I don't think you are hearing me, church. Their perception of Jesus was distorted. They had a wrong, and they said, this one, <laughs> where? He says, what did he say? He says, I am from above. I'm not from you. You are from beneath. I am from above. And they were saying, Wapi. Yeah. You. From where are you? Are you not Joseph's son? Is he not the one that used to play football the other day here? With our boys. Now he's from above. Liar. So they knew him as, are not even his brothers and sisters here with us? And he says, he's what? A son of what? From, from above. They say, so Jesus could not perform miracles in his own hometown. Why? Let me ask you. Was it because he was not anointed? Was it because there was no power? Ah, come on church, preach with me. Was it because there was no power? What happened? He wasn't authorized. Their perception of who he was was distorted. Therefore, church, listen to me. It is your perception. It is the audience's perception of the anointed that gives them access to his anointing. There are some people, until they even change, some of you have been affected in the church that your perception of church has been twisted damaged warped and that's why even when you show up in church you can't receive because you are guarded actually you come with a you come with a you come with curiosity you don't come in faith You don't come with, uh, 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 with expectation. <laughs> Am I talking to somebody here? Faith is connected to expectation. Where there is no expectation, faith is nullified. 
I can give you the evidence. Are you hearing me? Now faith is the substance of the things. Hope is expectation. Is it true? If there, where there is no expectation, faith is invalidated. Now you come to church. What did you come expecting? I tell you, if you come expecting nothing, God will make sure you get it. Nothing. There has to be a shift when it comes to the things of the spirit. Oh, come on, somebody say, I hear you. I mean, I don't know why some of you look like I've insulted you. Don't intimidate me. Let me tell you something. I am one of them preachers that is not easily intimidated. I have seen all kind of faces. I remember telling this to the Americans. I don't know. I was in Phoenix. I was preaching and, and I said, no matter how red you turn, I paid my own ticket. And I'll tell you all the truth. When I'm done, I'll go. And I, tell, I told them, I represent a new breed of African preachers. We are not beggars. I'm not here to beg. I'm here to tell you nothing else but Christ. When I'm done, I'm packing my bags and go. So if you are mad, be mad. And after you are, uh, you know, and I told them there's an adage, an African adage where I come from that says it, it is sheer wastage of time to be mad in darkness eh? as an ugly person being mad in darkness. It's a wastage of time as an ugly person mad in darkness. Because it is dark, I can't see you. <laughs> so, listen to what I'm saying. In other words, no matter how much you toughen yourself, I'm going to tell you the truth because it is coming from a place of love. A place and a desire that if we can get this right, you're going, you see, this is how we create an atmosphere for miracles. Somebody say, um, atmosphere for miracles. Some of you don't understand. The spirit of the Lord is creating an environment that is conducive for power to flow. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Are you hearing me? Jesus was the same anointed Jesus. I mean, he wasn't just anointed. He was the anointing himself. But anointing himself could not affect his people. Anointing himself. Why? Because their perception of who he was was damaged, twisted. Who destroyed your perception? Who destroyed your perception? Who destroyed your perception of church and God? That's why I am one of the preachers who make sure that my mistakes, I don't hide them. I said, this was my mistake. I tell my wife, I tell my children. Here, even my sons in Kenya know all over. As I tell them, you know what? This one, Papa made them. That is not Jesus Christ. That was my mistake. It's not the gospel. This is what the word of God says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I think Oscar, you sat with me for almost like several hours. You heard all my mess. I told you all my mess, isn't it? Why did I tell you my mess? And I told you that mentors are those that go ahead and make messes for you so that you don't have to rehearse and repeat them. Why did I why did I do that? 
so that your image of Christ may not be twisted. So you see the errors of a man and the truth of the gospel. Are you hearing me? So that when you choose not to believe, you do not look for excuses for your failure to believe in God. Are you hearing me? The word still remains the standard. Somebody say, I hear you. <laughs> Somebody say, reception. Do you know why Jesus was protecting us from a, a damaged perception? By telling in Luke 18, it says, if your brother sins against you, uh, go there in secret and tell him his fault. When he refuses, go get another. And when he refuses, go get another. Why is, why does Jesus want us to go through all that trouble? Because he says, go in private. He doesn't want the other church members to know about it. Because they may, their capacity to receive from him may be damaged. So Jesus is protecting their his image and their capacity. So that even when he is flawed, they will be able to receive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why I... This is a special announcement to all gossips. Gossips cause more damage than the damage caused itself. Why? Because you airing the mistake of another to other people, you cause more damage than the problem because your damage goes beyond the error of an individual and you publish and you damage the perception of the congregation. So the congregation, the body, fails to receive from that one individual because you, you amplified the error of an individual. So that's why Jesus says, go there secretly. When he refuses, take another. Why? He's protecting the image of the individual who has errored so that the audience will not hear. So that even when he or she comes here flawed because of that one error, the audience still sees her in the same light and the audience will be able to receive so that God will still work. Are you hearing me? Now, the one who ministers in error may not be rewarded by God, but the congregation, God has met the needs of his children. So then the one who is being used becomes only an instrument in a service, but not a son in reward. Somebody say, may the Lord help us to grow. This kind of sermon does not please everybody. But the church needs to be healed. Because there's a lot of spiritual sickness in the church that cannot allow the power to flow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In as much as we pray and seek for revival, there has to be a place of healing in the church. Do I have the church in here? Are you hearing me? Somebody tell your friend, you are, you are not called to advertise the error, but to bridge it in the gap on your knees. 
I've heard people who say like this. Can I say this? I've heard believers who say, you know, let me tell you something. For me, I speak my mind. Have you heard them? People like that? You know me, I'm not afraid to speak my mind. Okay, it's fine. You are free to speak your mind, provided that mind is the mind of Christ. If your mind was permitted, then you would not have been given according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Eh, is this 16? Then you would not have been given the mind of Christ. And also Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you. The same which was who? Because yours is poisonous. Let the one of Christ be in you. So provided you are speaking Jesus' mind as a believer, go on, speak your mind. You are free to speak your mind provided it's Christ's mind. But as far as your humanic mind, God does not want to hear about it. Okay, let me say this to you. Let me, I, I forgot to introduce myself. In 1996, it was November. It was in Entebbe, Bugonga. We were under discipleship course. We were learning the book, the theme of the book of Joshua. I believe I was 17 years of age. And uh, during that time, I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus because I was arguing with him, telling him, Lord, I don't want um, the way you are making me. I told him, when I look at other preachers, they get one verse and preach and everybody gets excited there shouting hallelujah they even lifting up the chairs me when I get to talk everybody goes quiet and I told him why do you give me these hard messages change it and he told me Moses I've not called you to excite I have called you to cut and says and unless we cut off the unnecessary new life cannot come so the intention of my cutting is not for your destruction, but for the new life to arise. And he told me, I've called you as a weak trimmer. Somebody say weak trimmer. You know that instrument, it looks like a pair of scissors. They use it to trim the tip of the candles. It says, I've called you as a weak trimmer to the body of Christ. Now, I didn't choose myself this way. So if you feel my message is heavy, I'm only bringing healing to you. You see when you trim the tip of the candle, when it is beginning to, uh, to, 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 to dim, to die out, and you trim the tip, it begins to beam. That's who a revivalist is. We must remove the rubbish for the power to flow. I think it was good for me to introduce myself so you know. Somebody say amen. Because so that, because... <laughs> As long as Jesus tarries and I'm here, you have, because you'll be enduring me. At least you know I'm coming from a place of love. No judgment or condemnation. The name of the Lord be praised. You know what we are doing? We are no longer preaching for excitement. We are intentional. We are creating a climate that is conducive for the flow of God's power. Let me tell you something. In the next three months, you will see what I'm talking about. You are going to see. You think, 
we are not going to have enough place to put seats here. You are going to, if, if you haven't started buying buckets, buy buckets because some people, you see them cute and nice, they're going to start vomiting things here. I know the Jehovah God who met me as a Muslim boy. Some of you have heard I come from one of my great-grandfathers is Mutajaz. Some of you just call it as a stage in Uganda. Chibuli Mutajaz, Chibuli Mutajaz. The man who used to astro project. The one who was the, the senior coach and, uh, and mentor of witches and wizards in Uganda. So we have grown up knowing too much power in, on, the, on the other side. That when I became born again, I said, God, <laughs> me, I'm not going to serve you with no power. I was 16 years of age when I started hitting the caves. Those caves after my salvation, the caves in Resort Beach in Uganda, Resort Beach in Tebe. And I would go in those caves. And these things would appear in Swaswa. These, uh, I don't know what you call it. What's in Swaswa? Those reptile, reptiles, you know, by the sea that look like crocodiles. And I did not fear. I would go in there with a flask of water. And uh, you know what? I was praying even ignorantly. But I had a strong desire. I would say, Jesus, appear, 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 appear. Jesus, you must appear, 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 appear. I want to see you. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Then I go in tongues. Listen, when your motive is pure, no matter whether you don't, no matter the level of your knowledge, God will meet you. And I remember one day, as the first day, the second day, as I was in the cave facing that way, and the entrance of the, of the cave is that way. I'm praying, appear, appear, appear. A, a wind, a heavy wind began to blow. And I thought, maybe it's the wind by the sea. Then the wind began to change and the heat. And I said, now this is not in this cave. There's no, because I used to have these long overcoats. And I said, this is not, now this is not, uh, there's no wind that can, can come in here. The heat began to grow stronger and stronger. As I'm praying, up here, I stopped. I said, hmm? Now I could feel the presence of the person coming and the footsteps coming. You know what I did? At that time, I was still young. I was so afraid. Me who was saying, up here, up here. When now the time came, I just grabbed my Bible and ran out of there, of the cave. But of course, I, yeah, I... With the time, I, I, I continue having these encounters. What I'm trying to tell you, I have seen... Now, I'm online. People, I mean, you can't say these things when you are just marking about lying. We have, so far this year, if I can number people in our ministry in Kenya who are barren and now they have kids and those that have come to our ministry, so barren, literally barren, I can tell you that people, now one of those, now Grace, they said Grace will never have a child because she had huge fibroids in her stomach. She would use almost every day almost five pads and she could still be flowing because they were squeezing her uterus. And, uh, <laughs> and then we prayed. In that one deliverance as demons were leaving grace. 
the flow of blood that had been, grace had, um, if grace you online, you can put how many years? But I believe five or four years bleeding, of four years of bleeding. But that instant encounter with the blessed Holy Spirit set grace free. If you see her on Facebook, you see with the uh, name Grace Prosper. You could see her with her little daughter. That girl she called Favor is a miracle baby. Now I come to say to you, whatever the doctors said, it is impossible. That devil lied. It is possible with the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How about Lynette? This her, someone was saying to her, if you don't uh, give birth this year, I'm going to find my son, another wife. You must give. If you don't conceive, you are done. You're finished. And they have been struggling and struggling for the baby. It was in the night of mercy, at the feet of mercy, every night was spending nights in the church. She came with her need and telling me the story. So as I was praying, going to pray for her, the Holy Spirit told me, don't pray for her quietly. Let the congregation know what you're praying about. Because I don't want this miracle to come in secret. I said to them, hey guys, I want you to come and support her. Some of you guys, ministers, I'm praying. She, we want God to give her a baby. We are breaking barrenness. Then we began to pray. She sent me a beautiful video. The girl is one year. She's walking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How about Monjure, who was diagnosed with breast cancer? That one, actually, the clip is even running on sometimes on my Facebook. It's on there. When you go in my story stories, you will see it. This one, the breast, diagnosed with medical proof. The mammogram showing the tumor. And actually, the ladies, for me, out of respect, I don't do those things. The ladies check them, their fellow ladies. So I remember my, my daughters in the Lord shaking. I was going like, the wound on the nipple had even, you know, it was bad. And we prayed in that service. The clip is still there. It shows you the deliverance process. And she goes back. And they come back with two. One, and the doctors cannot explain where the other one with the tumor went. And the tumor here gone. And the mammogram shows Munjure has no more what? Breast cancer. What is that? It is the word of God. Why would God work in one place and not work in another? I have seen him when I was in India in Hyderabad. I was on the altar and I preached and I said that and the woman came and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Some, these Buddhists who didn't even know Jesus, for them I think they understand certain technicalities and legalities. They understand because when they are deep in witchcraft, so when people began to on every side touching me, when I came down to pray for people, Somebody's pulling me from the back because I knew when they touched me, they're getting healed. And I prayed for this particular girl. She was born deaf. She was 15 years old. So she had been deaf for 15 years, born deaf. 
in that clip, even on the video, you can see it. While she receives her hearing. Who did that? Jesus. So don't tell me he does in India. He doesn't do elsewhere. How about our administrator in Kenya, an angel? She came to me with huge fibroids. They could not operate. They said the chances of her survival were 50-50. But guess what? She found me. I was in 40 days of fasting and prayer. I was declaring 40 days. She found us when we had started or she just jumped in? I can't remember one of the two. But in the first 14 days of our fasting and prayer, the fibroids disappeared. And the bleeding that was for many years, boom, at that time, it is also dried up. That's what who we call Jesus. Are you hearing, church, what I'm saying? And I can go on and on and on and on with several testimonies and testimonies. This one is going to shock some of my people in my family back home. But uh, I will use wisdom. My daughter was admitted in Queen Elizabeth when she was a few weeks born. Because no firstborn in her family used to survive. Well, I say used because Joella is here, my firstborn. Come here, baby girl, come. Queen Elizabeth, June the 16th, my daughter's heart stopped in ICU. They began to resuscitate her. I was in the hospital with my Bible in the ICU, praying in tongues and quoting every psalm I know. And, I, and they, they started, there's a, a, a lady that was stopping me, thinking I've lost it. They want, probably, I need counseling. And I told her, leave me alone. I have the right as a parent to do what I'm doing. Some of you are too shy, too scared. That's why you lose some of your babies and people. If I obeyed the dictates of the hospital nurse, I would have lost her. Telling me, oh, I need comfort. Oh, I've lost her. I said, leave me alone. And I said, God, every firstborn in my family dies, not her. Did I not dedicate her to the church altar? So I gave her to you. I gave her to you. She can't die. And I said, Lord, before I ever got married, I was praying for the names of my children. Are you not the one who gave me that name? I said, she can't die. She can't die. She has a name, Joella. Him who God does what? The one that is helped by God. I said, God, she can't die. So, my daughter, poof, came back. Listen to the miracle. The sister... The sister of the other one who used to astral project, eh? the moment she came back, the great grandmother, the witch, died. This one lived when the other one died. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
and my sister called my, my sister hey, she's sending when they sent a message hey, my sister my blood sister sent a message hey so and so is dead guess what god f- forgive me i just that my wife and i we began to celebrate because we are seeing an enemy to my daughter's life I, I, am i the one who killed her no the bible maybe let me tell you something some of you are too religious to know that Jehovah God is not a murderer but is a killer. I said our God is a killer, not a murderer. You want scripture? Do you want scripture? Look in Samuel. He said I am is the God that killeth, not murders. You're looking at me now like a damn mistake. My, um where's my uh, no one is okay I'll look for I'll look for it here it is in Samuel it killeth somebody say hey, is a god that kills have you found it in Samuel somebody help me is in Samuel it says it's first Samuel you uh-huh. yes first Samuel 26 it says the lord kills and makes alive Read it. The Lord does what? Hey. <laughs> Especially the witches. <laughs> Especially what? The witches. Some people blame me when uh, I pray for unrepentant witches and they die. Now, am I the one who kills them? No. When who do we pray to? Who answers prayer? So why do you blame me? And actually I give them a, period, a grace as I say like this father let them repent if they don't repent let them so they choose not to repent so they die who killed them themselves Are you hearing what I'm saying There are certain I mean imagine you are the witch of buganda and you kill every small child you murder little children in hundreds and thousands huh if you don't want to be born again why do you risk the destinies of these children it is better you god removes you you know god says come let us reason god is a businessman somebody say i hear you now let's get back to this business of receiving i was saying you can't have god here do extremely And then here you don't see ah listen my assignment now is to prepare you to be in tune to receive from God Somebody say amen to receive from what from God My sons and daughters when they say oh you know this my wife sometimes gets trouble problem with me she can say I feel she can come back honey now I feel something here and I said to her it can whatever your feeling is not the truth yet she wants me to say oh come here i understand but for me i first alter the spirit i deal with the demon then the hugs come later and i said to her no decree the word of god the word of god says you can't be healed it that demon is a liar whatever your feeling is a lie are you listening to what i'm saying now she's the one that keeps testifying oh honey even now then another one has come did you not did she not testify here on sunday then they called her and sent her another one and you know what i told my wife whatever 
Pastor Ronnie preached. It was the word that was preparing you for this battle. Children of God, hear this. What God says speaks to you today is for your tomorrow. Preparing you for your tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I told her, we already heard God spoke through him. So and I told her, what's the cancel? What's the report? Cancel reports. Let us cancel that report. She was being taken for incision. And she thought, maybe I'm eh? what? Infusion. Not eh, infusion, whatever those infusion thing and, and eh? Eh, tumors on the pancreas. Are you hearing me? After she has testified, I said, Satan, you are a liar. And I said, I, I, I began to text preach as she's at work. Altering all the things. She came back home. I said, listen, it can't happen. It is well with you. And now she was from work on Thursday. Sent me what they have sent her. Honey, I'm clear. I'm all clear. I said, I expected that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I said, because I had already expect, I was expect, that's what it should be in the realm of the spirit. Somebody say, I hear you. Now, this issue of receiving, if you think this man is going to open the Bible more, whatever was meant to preach, it was altered. I want you to learn to receive from God. Somebody say, I will receive. Now, to receive means to authorize, permit. Are you hearing me? When somebody knocks at your door, on your door at home, do they enter until you give them access? They don't. When you give them access, what do they do? They come and you have an interaction, isn't it? So until you allow Jesus, you allow the word of God, the spirit of God, are you hearing me? To come in. There can be no transformation. Are you hearing me? So that means when you come in this environment, you must come with expectation. Even when you are in your personal devotion, sit before that Bible with expectation. In closure, before we pray, I want you to look at this. You know, most of us look at this word and don't see it as Jesus. Huh? We look at it as the Bible. Let me help you. This, Of course, this is not Jesus. The Bible you are holding is Jesus in written form. <laughs> is Jesus in what? Now, you must translate that logos. The Jesus in written form is the logos, that one written down. You must, when you read that word, you must get the rema, which is the revealed, the revealed word out of the written. Is somebody following me? The revealed word out of the written or the spoken is what we call rema. And it means the right now word for the right now situation. So that word that is revealed, you start to speak it. Now, the spoken word, which is the rema word or revealed word, is it is through your speaking that you activate it to become life. Are you hearing me? To release life. You can't be quiet and you find salvation. 
What I'm saying, salvation, not salvation of the soul. You're already born again. I'm talking about salvation as healing, salvation as uh, prosperity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody say, I hear you. You know, um, the words you hear right now, they are not just words. They are spirit. John 6, 63. Jesus says, the words that I, uh, it says, the flesh profits nothing. But the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. For it is the spirit that gives life. Now, you must believe that. You must believe that. You need to believe that and say, that word is the spirit of God that is at work in me. Somebody say amen. I want you to stand on your feet and as you open uh, Psalms 8110. Because you're going to open your own mouth and activate. Somebody said prayer is activation. You're activating the word of God to become alive in you. Somebody say, I hear you. Oh, oh. You know one thing about receiving is funny. That nobody can receive on your behalf. You may be a couple. But you receive individually, personally. Are you hearing me? He gave them the power to become as many as received and believed. Somebody say, I hear you. Have you looked at Psalms uh, 81.10? You found it? It says, I am the Lord God who did what? Who delivered you from Egypt. But what does he say? Yes, I delivered you from Egypt. But to consummate, to consummate, yeah, are you hearing that? To consummate your deliverance, you must open your mouth. Oh, come on, somebody. In other words, to actualize your deliverance, open your mouth. To actualize it. Have you seen it? Read it louder. Let's go. Yeah. Read. God says, I am the Lord, your what? Who delivered you from where? From Egypt, from the world. I served you from the world. But it says, guess what? Now you open your own mouth. Open your own mouth and I will do the feeling. Yours is the obligation to open the mouth. His is the responsibility to feel it. God can't feel a closed mouth. Now mouth... Somebody say mouth. The mouth is a representation of your life. God, what makes God God? God has a big mouth. The size of God is proportionate to his mouth. That's why when God wants you to swallow his enemy, your enemies, he enlarges your mouth. You didn't hear. When God wants to swallow your enemies, he enlarges your what? So the size of your mouth is, is symbolic to the size of your prayer. <laughs> now, somebody said, oh, show me where God enlarges the mouth. Thank God you asked me. Open First Samuel chapter 1. Hannah is praying and says, God, you have enlarged my mouth. Have you seen it in some... Come on, somebody, help me. Hey. <laughs> You know, that's where the power is hidden, in the word. If you don't read the word, you can't pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is no magic in this thing. It's the word. Somebody said the word. 
Somebody said the word. Have you seen in Samuel? First Samuel, either chapter 2 or chapter 1, you find it says, enlarge my mouth. Yeah, you find it. Google it. You Google other things. You can't Google verses. Yeah, you say you have enlarged my mouth. First Samuel, I've given even a good hint. Somebody said, First Samuel. Say, Lord, you have enlarged my mouth beyond what? You remember Hannah's song? Mm, it says, you have enlarged. Hannah prayed, chapter 2. Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted. That is strength. My horn, strength is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is no one besides you. Neither, nor is there any rock like our God. As you continue, he continues, as if verse 6 says, you have enlarged my mouth. Have you found it? In that process, you have enlarged my mouth. Bigger than my enemies. Guess what? She says, my enemies have been swallowed because God has enlarged my mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You found it, Joella, in yours? There are different verses. Bring. Bring here. Have you seen it? Verse 1 in uh, this one's Holy Bible says this. When my heart, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord is my horn. It says, sorry, in the, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. For I delight in your deliverance. Other versions say my mouth is enlarged. My mouth has opened wide. Ah, that, I love the amplified. My mouth is done what? Open wide and to speak what? Boldly what? Against my enemies. Sickness is your enemy. Your enemy are not born again Christians. Are you hearing me? I said your enemies are not born again Christians. Your enemies, the devil, the demons, the sickness. Are you hearing me? But you must open your mouth and speak against that which is hindering you. Are you hearing me? So, God says, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. Now lift up your voice. I don't know what your problem is. You're going to agree with me. Say, my father, my maker. Ah, I don't like the way you are praying. Jesus, you, 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 you make me to miss the rebuilder's house in Kenya now. I, and you internalize the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think about your struggle. Think about your challenge. I don't know what mouth opened wide and swallowed your children. That you need to open your mouth wide and speak against. Are you hearing me? It is your divine responsibility. Let me say this to you, child of God. It is your divine responsibility. To open your own mouth and speak against your enemies because God has given you the power and authority. Now I want to submit this to you humbly that there are things God will not do for you because it is your responsibility to activate them. Most of the time we wait for change. I want you to open that mouth and begin to speak against that disease and say, you enemy of my life, you sickness, you enemy of my life, my mouth is opened wide, filled with 
the word of God and I speak against you. Today I break your power over my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on somebody. Let me hear you say, you enemy of my life and destiny. I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Break off my life in the name of Jesus Christ. As I pray, let the power of the throne of God arise and terminate every problem, every challenge, every disease in my life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I came to receive. I refuse to remain the same. I will not go back the same way in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody open up that mouth in the name of Jesus. You may not need, you may not be sick, but you need the presence of God. You open that mouth and say, my father, my maker, overshadow me with your presence. Let your presence overshadow my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as I pray, I activate your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Let your word become alive in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of the living God, overshadow my life in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can lift up them hands. You can lift them up in the air. You can close your eyes and shut yourself from every destruction. Remember, shutting your eyes is something you can do in the natural. Lifting up your hands is something you can do in the natural. But there are things you cannot be able to do in the super. What you cannot do, you do, you live to God. But there are things you can do to tap into the power of God. Show your interest. That's how you receive. You open up yourself. Opening up yourself is when you create a climate, a conducive environment, an atmosphere. You shut your eyes. Jesus says, if you want to pray to your father, shut yourself in your own house. What does that mean? Close your eyes if there are distractions around you. Don't look around. Concentrate on him. What are you doing? You're giving him access. You are avoiding distractions. I say, God, now, I believe your word, but I want you to transform me. Holy Spirit of the living God, overshadow me. Holy Spirit of the living God, overshadow my life. Holy Spirit of the living God, overshadow my life. Keep saying the same prayer. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, overshadow my life. Those of you who pray in tongues, you can add tongues on top of it. Holy Spirit of the living God. Sometimes it's not many prayers. One prayer, one prayer. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, the virgin conceived. That which is impossible is possible when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost overshadowed my life, overshadowed the life of my son, overshadowed the life of my son. Ah, shadabahande. Shadabahande. I want us church, look at me. Look at me, you're going to pray for yourself, but it's something the Holy Spirit has just led me to do. While we are live, everybody, I mean, everybody's watching us, everybody's here. I want us to call that boy called God's power. Are you hearing me? We are going to say, Holy Ghost, arrest God's power. Give him no rest day and night till he shows up. You don't understand. You don't understand when the church prays in unit. We are going to call God's power. Wherever the devil had locked him, he must release him. And not only him, and all children that are held like that. Are you hearing me? Lift up your voice and say, Father, we are the church. 
it is written, when two shall agree, as touching anything on earth, and they ask in Jesus' name, Father, you will do it for us. Father, we ask you, give us God's power. God's power is a name. Is the name of someone's son. You understand? Say, so God, we summon God's power. Wherever you are, in the name of Jesus, God's power, we arrest you by the power of the word of God. Somebody said, by the power and the ministry of the word of God, we arrest God's power and all the children of the saints who are held in gangs, in, in whatever activities, who are held in the world, in homosexuality, in lesbianism, who are held, we summon them. Those who are held in promiscuity, in drugs, we summon them, we release them. By the power of the Holy Ghost, you are coming out. You are coming out. You are coming out. We summon you right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, pray, pray, pray. We summon them. We summon you. You will fulfill your destiny. Every destiny destroyer that has been holding our children, we summon our children. We summon them. We summon them. We declare in the name of Jesus. Our children shall not, will not be misfired arrows in the hands of the America. In the name of Jesus Christ, open your mouth and say, my son, my son, my child, my brother, my sister, you will not be a misfired arrow in the hands of your maker. As I pray, I summon you, I align you to your divine assignment in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost arise. Holy Ghost arise, arrest our children, arrest God's power, give him no rest, day and night. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost arise, arise, arrest our children, arrest our children, Holy Ghost, arise and arrest them, arrest them, Holy Ghost, arise, arise by your power in the name of Jesus, release them from drugs, release them from drugs, release them, Holy Ghost. We release, we release, we release. Jedebo shata, Jedebo shata radosa. In the name of Jesus Christ, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. You don't understand the power of prayer. I can testify, having been born again and rejected by my family. I had one little, <laughs> my cousin brother who loved me because of martial arts and all the rest. So he used to look up to me, but they never wanted me to be close to him. I was a great influence, but at a distance. Staunch Muslim family. Son of an Ahaji. Guess what? This brother of mine, cousin brother now, is born again and is in Dubai. But that's not the wait a minute. This brother of mine had a row because he found someone cheating. He found his girlfriend then before he was born again, cheating, caught them red-handed cheating with another man. He was so mad, 
wanting to kill the other one, the man sneaked out and he used the knife and stabbed the young girl several times and she died. So he was taken to prison for life. So while he was in prison, we kept on communicating and I kept on praying that God will save his soul. Save him. Save him. Because I knew he's destined to hell if he doesn't get born again. We prayed for year one, year two, year three, year five, year six, year seven, year eight, year nine, year ten. But in those years, before year ten, God met him in prison. And he had an encounter with God in the prisons of Uganda at Chigo. And he became born again in prison. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then he asked pastor, I said, the God who has done that, not that I'm celebrating that the other family lost um, their child, but I was now praying for the destiny of this young man. After his salvation and good conduct and years passed, he was then released. He was, are you hearing me? The one who was meant to be killed, he was released. What am I saying to you? This is to somebody praying for your child. It's not too late. This one had been sentenced to be killed. He had killed and it was a justifiable cause. It was okay for him to die because he had killed. We have a God regardless of your mess that would look even beyond that fault of a murderer and actually it is you who think he's a murderer. God doesn't see him as a murderer anymore. I communicate with him and we WhatsApp and he says, brother, send me more word. I, I, I am hungry. I'm thirsty for the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I never gave up praying for him. Most of us are too weak. We give up so quick. My marriage broke and failed for six years and divorce. But most people that have been following me online for years would hear me pray. And we pray for our marriages. Oh, in the name of Jesus, our marriages. You Ronnie Giggs used to follow me. You know that. Today, six years after what people say is failed, I'm standing serving my wife and my children alongside me because I believe in the God of prayer. So I am not preaching because I'm saying things. I'm not a motivational speaker. We are speaking life. Now I speak as a servant of God over your life. Whatever died in your life is coming alive in Jesus' name. Whatever died in your body, I speak to your organs. I speak to your systems. Let them come alive in Jesus' name. I say, let them come alive in Jesus' name. I curse every sickness in Jesus' name. I curse every complication in your body in Jesus' name. I rebuke every complexity in your body in the name of Jesus. I curse sugar diabetes. I curse you in the name of Jesus. I'll I cast every asthma in the name of Jesus. I cast every anthrax in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke migraines, headaches in the name of Jesus. I rebuke constant migraines in the name of Jesus. 
I rebuke every deformity, every Down syndrome, every autistic power. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Reko if you have those tongues, go beyond the natural. Now, those of you, I know because of time, those of you want to go, but those of you that have a need and you want us to pray with you, to believe with you, to stand and believe with you, come to the altar. The altar is a place of exchange, by the way, if you didn't know. These places are consecrated for God and altar is a consecrated place for God. A place we have set aside for him. And that is a place of exchange. Are you hearing me? You come. That's why we are invited to the throne of grace. Instead, he says, instead of our faults, he gives mercy. Are you hearing me? Some of you are kneeling on this altar, not because of you, but because of someone else. But as we connect, you see the Bible says, two shall agree. So you coming to the altar, I agree with you. I agree with the children. of. Let us agree. So those of you that don't need to come to the altar, you stretch your hands and remain in tongues. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even those of you that are watching us live, the power of God is not limited by distance, time, or space. I have my sons and daughters in the Lord, those that are a witness in even America that have been praying for over the line and conduct deliverances, virtual deliverances on Skype, on, on uh, what's it called, Zoom. Are you hearing me? Others that don't have that even on, on what? On WhatsApp and I tell them, you know, put it on loudspeaker, put, hang it somewhere because when you fall down, the network may break. Because I have seen it before as I'm praying, demons are crying and phones what? I called a particular one. This one, she could be even watching online from a certain country here in Europe. The name is Immaterial. And as I was praying, <laughs> the enemy had attacked her relationship. Some, not every problem is, a, is just money or sickness. Just it was relationship. But this demon, as I was praying, the demon began to scream over the phone, like rolling like a lion. Why, 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 why are you interrupting? We don't want her to be married. Just like her mom wasn't married. Just like everybody in her family don't, I said, you are a liar. She's not her mom. Whatever her mother was not able to do, she will do in Jesus' name. Praise the name of the Lord. The guy who had left potential husband to be, we prayed a prayer. I said, Father, he cannot. I Father, I ask you, hammer the matter of this woman into the head of that man. Give him no rest till he returns where he's supposed to be. The last time I checked, they're walking around with pictures all over that country. And the Lord, whatever the enemy wanted to destroy, it never died. So whatever the devil wants to destroy in the lives of God's children, we speak life in Jesus' name. As Ronnie spoke to us the other day,
Because I've been ministering in that area for almost like three months, the same word. So he blessed me. That's why I keep referring to him. We speak words. We speak words. On this altar, those of you who have come, speak words. Speak words. Say, whatever is mine, it will not die. Whatever was dying in my life is coming alive. In the name of Jesus, I agree with you as you come to this altar. I don't know what need has brought you, but I join my faith with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus, I appeal to your word where you said, when two shall agree as touching anything on earth, and they ask in the name of Jesus, it will be done by our Father in heaven. Father, do it. Father, we agree. Father, we believe. Father, we receive concerning their lives, concerning whoever they are standing in the gap for. Lord, we receive. Lord, on their behalf, we receive. We speak the life of God. We speak the life of God. We release the light of God. The light where there is darkness. The Bible says the light shines in darkness. The light of God is stronger than darkness. In your dark area, we speak the life of God. In the name of Jesus, where there is bondage, we speak the life of God. We release the light of Jehovah. Let there be light. Let there be life. Let there be restoration in the name of Jesus. We cast every sickness in your body. I said I cast every sickness in your body. I release the light of God against every demonic power, every demon on assignment, every demon on assignment. Hear the word. Thank you so much for listening to this sermon and I know you've been blessed. For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.